Hey, hey, everyone. Today is Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. Welcome to Big Screens and TV Streams, live from the Grand Forks Best Source Studios. Back after two weeks off, and uh, yeah, back to our Wednesday 1 p.m. time slot here. Still going to be every other week here for a while. We'll just kind of roll the punches, see how it goes. So back to Wednesdays at 1 p.m. So I'm Dale, along with Victor. Hey, guys. It's great to be back in the queue because, man, uh what a crazy week this has been, you guys, because, man, I am super excited to get into it with Dale and Paul because we went to Comic-Con this year, and I don't want to give spoilers, but it was awesome. Yes, we will be doing a quick little comic Grand Forks Comic-Con recap here in just a little bit, and welcome, Paul. Hey. Got your big screens and TV streams withdrawals out of the way here. We, we, we had a bunch of scheduling reshuffling going on two weeks ago, so we took a couple weeks ago off. Well, yeah. it was good timing because there wasn't shit to watch for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, everything dro- a lot of things dropped just this last, like, yeah. week, week and a half or so. Yeah. So it was just, oh, my goodness, so much to keep up with. Ugh. So, uh, but, uh, so I, I guess for those tuning in live, uh, you can catch us every other Wednesday at 1 p.m. We want to hear what you guys have to say in the live chat on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, or Rumble. Uh, just, yeah, do that every other Wednesday at 1 p.m. We'll be live, and actually, we're going to be doing a giveaway. So first person in the chat uh, that I'll make sure to plug this in case we don't get a response right away. First person in the chat that says they want these, go ahead and comment and say, you want movie tickets. And the first person that does that, does that will receive a pair of movie passes to the River Cinema 15. So can't go wrong with that. Just go in the chat, GFBS live chat on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and just, just post, I want those movie tickets. I, I think there's also a uh, $20 gift certificate to the Shire. I believe Ooh. so. Yeah, twenty or twenty-five. Yeah, yep. yeah. It could be dinner and a movie. A yep. dinner and a movie. Man, you guys really can't beat that. So yeah, just. But I want those tickets, and those will be yours. So, all right. We'll maybe plug that once or twice here too. So yeah, a couple of news items to go over before we go down. I guess first off, let's. We already kind of teased it a little bit, but Grand Forks Comic Con was at the Lair Center. Uh, GFBS. We did live coverage for it. Got to review a ton of cool vendors and like their main uh, celebrity guests they had. Uh, Christopher Kamen Lee, the Red Space Power Ranger. We're besties now. Yep, him and Paul became besties. (laughs) I still can't believe it. I think that's pretty much you guys' highlight of the show. Victor, you got... You said it on the show before, you're a, a hardcore Power Rangers fan. How was it just talking to him and just nerding out? I literally got to talk to my childhood hero about Ninja Turtles with my other childhood hero, and I got to buy my childhood hero a beer. Like, I was done. Like, that was my day. <laughs> that was it. So I it, got it. <laughs> it was a little a little different for me because we're, we've... We're like almost the same age. Mm. Me and Christopher came in, Lee. Mm. So I was telling him, I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I've never seen you on Power Rangers. <laughs> like I was in like going into college. You know, <laughs> same with him, you know, because we're about the same age. Mm. But I, super cool guy. Yeah. Really, really fun to talk to. Nice guy. Um, where was it going with this, though? Uh, he was a great interview. We got to do a quick little five-minute interview with him from the show floor there. Just kind of talking about him being in Grand Forks and the Comic-Con experience. Yep. Oh, oh I remember now because... Uh, he was going to come on and do the podcast. Unfortunately, he um, had other. He, he got sidetracked. He wasn't able to make it. But before it, I did do some research because so I watched the Power Rangers that mm. he was on, and I was like, okay, yeah, I do remember these shows, mm. you know. And I told, I was telling him that in like text. I'm like, yeah, I, I do remember like watching you, like you know, just when um, I'm sitting there, you know, and 
high school or whatever, mm-hmm. just randomly coming across. I'm like, oh, Power Rangers. I mean, you know, time to kill. Why not watch Power Rangers? Duh. Of course. <laughs> um, but what was interesting is that, because I know that you said that you were talking to him about the Ninja Turtles, and it was like episode three, and I'm like all of a sudden the Ninja Turtles were in Power Rangers. Yeah. And I got to tell you, they were the creepiest looking Ninja Turtles <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. I want to tell them, I'm like, I can't, I am not surprised I didn't get nightmares from watching that. It was so, like, the uh, animatronics and the outfits that they had on, I was just like, what is going on here? This is terrifying. I have no recollection of that whatsoever. Yeah, Christopher Kamenley, what a cool dude. And hopefully, you know, it sounds like he said he'll take us up on doing a Zoom interview down the line here. So that'll be cool to talk to him some more. Um, other big standout highlights from Comic-Con. We got to talk to a lot of great vendors. I know, Victor, you're there representing uh, Hollywood Heroes. Your yes. uh, uh, other uh, outside of GFBS uh, fun, fun, fun uh, occupation there. Yes, and it was just amazing, you guys. Like, everyone's costume was just incredible from... You are rocking a mean Batman? Oh, of course, yes. Uh, I was rocking Batman, always got in because it was the 80th anniversary of Batman, of course. Got to rock the Batman look, you know. And, of course, I mean, I saw tons of crazy costumes man these guys were just killing it the chainsaw dude man he was killing it yeah dude. oh, oh yeah that God. was awesome he was my the last God. year's doc ock like, yeah. he should he should have won the contest like I literally yeah. that dude was killing it man i was I like threw, dude i, I got him and the spartan cosplayer to do a pose for i threw up a little photo gallery from the comic-con there on the oh, gfbs yeah. facebook check it out a lot of good photos oh. uh from the cosplayers and yeah, I thought it was really cool too. Just uh, just seeing all the things they have for sale each and every year, and being like, "Ooh, some really good early Christmas gifts here." Oh. But just I'm like, I, I I know once I order to stop. Uh, I know Paul, you're eyeing some old school comics from your childhood. Yeah, the, I should have got those hologram series, but they'll be around. Yeah, but they'll be back next year. And, oh yeah, yeah, they'll be. They aren't going. <laughs> and it seems like it grew a little bit compared from last year. Like they're really starting. I mean, still plenty of room to grow, but you could tell they're filling up more and more of that space with all the other activities they had yeah. to do like board games i think some video arcade games there and uh, yeah just very very cool glad to see it if you own a 3d printer yeah um, welcome welcome to comic-con yes (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes yeah talk to our good but my uh, good buddies we had on the on one of the other gfbs shows in the past chris and liz it's not uh, not just people selling mm -hmm. the 3d printing stuff a lot of the comic-con costumes yeah, are made from 3d printers yeah oh yeah my friend ray who also my friend ray and lee who also are incredible cosplayers they they should have won as well they literally have done all of their costumes through 3d printing so i mean that 3d printer man you got to get on that just like everyone's got to get into that any other standout takeaways from this year's grand forks comic-con before we move on here i mean the, the the booths were so cool. Like everybody was on point. Like there was like comics and action figures and Legos. Though you couldn't play with the Lego display because uh, you know they were just for display only. They were just so freaking cool. And and not to mention, I mean, like I said, the three D printing man. Like you guys got to get into that because I want to invest in that. Because I mean, I can make my own action figures. I can make my own costumes. You can make anything you want. Your imagination will go freaking wild. So I mean, 
that was just the greatest Comic Con ever. And like I said, Christopher came and Lee. I mean, yeah. I was I was done. <laughs> I was happy. <laughs> I forgot to mention I I did just for like a, I think hour hour and a half rocked a little bit of Mario cosplay. Yes. <laughs> not not an elaborate homemade costume. It was just something quick I bought online. But it still was fun just to just to be a part of the whole cosplay atmosphere there. And uh, I know Raven from the Fork Sports Highway Show. She rocked a Scooby Doo <laughs> cosplay there, yeah. and, she, and we all did a bunch of GPS host cosplay photos. And yeah, good stuff. Paul, any final takeaways from this year's Comic Con? No, they were probably all just looking at me like, "Who's the psychopathic, you know, serial killer that like, just just dressed like a normal dude?" <laughs> you just feel like Jim from The Office, just like this is my costume. You see yeah. the name tag on myself. The, I see the name tag. The most daring superhero of them all, myself. <laughs> I think uh, if I did have a a costume or a name for my costume, it was because uh, I got a lot of it was. You're out of your element. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. What? <laughs> Come on, you're out of your element. <laughs> oh, my lordy. But uh, I guess a couple of news items here to go go into. Uh, but I guess before we do, I should, we should probably hit up our first sponsor for the show here. Oh, for Heaven's Cakes. Mm. Or there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods, and that's where Oh, for Heaven's Cakes in. You'll find the best cupcakes and cakes for any special occasion. I was just there making my little weekly visit, and uh, it was... Super awesome! I tr- they got new fall flavors there. Right? I sh- they showed me some of their fall flavor cupcakes and and muffins. I got, I guess an Italian cream muffin is like a special, and the caramel apple muffins are their seasonal ones they have in stock now. And they said pumpkin muffins. I know your favorite, Victor. They oh, said they got those yeah. back. Uh, uh, so yeah, check them out. Oh, for heaven's cakes! Walk, walk in to find out so many more. Uh, they're located on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. Open Tuesday through Friday from ten to four, and on Saturdays from nine to noon. Give them a call seven zero one seven five seven two two five three or email cakes at yahoo.com be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins that's oh for heaven's cakes in the grand city's mall all right so a couple other news items here we have is uh i guess you know just a couple days ago they announced they're going to send a a very favorable condition it sounds like almost unanimous approval but they still got to put it to an official vote uh, a deal for the end of the writer's strike. Now, the actor's strike is still ongoing. They're still mm. finding terms for that. But the writer's strike, it sounds like that is pretty much in its final days. And mm. as soon as that gets signed and approved, writers can get back to writing scripts. The most thing that will get affected right away is late-night talk shows. They've been on the longest hiatus of them all because uh, pretty much as soon as a writer's strike happened, you know, you know, you know late-night talk shows, you know, they do for monologues and all their other bits, they had to go on strike right away because, you know, the writers are writing the jokes and all that. Except, so. for, except for the Drew Barrymore show, which is funny that you say that that most talk shows like even the drew barrymore show they didn't go into hiatus she got a lot of backlash because her writers were still writing for her and a lot of people were like what are you doing yeah i saw her a little distract they they, they sent her into tears so she got such an evil social media bullying and harassment because which she shouldn't because she's like the nicest person ever so so this writer's strike it, it stopped late night talk shows yeah, yeah, because then like, it should go on forever. <laughs> That's yeah. what I said. But I'm like, how can you stop late night? It's night. <laughs> like, it, no one's doing anything except for talking. I'm sorry, night. but Jimmy Kimmel has no business being on TV. Yeah, after that whole little man show thing, like, it's you, you should have just put him on man show and then he shouldn't have gotten his own show. I'm sorry. I, I, I love him for that, but just otherwise, I mean, you should I be working at Radio Shack. 
<laughs> working at Vince. Oh, I can just no love for work. Jimmy Kimmel. I guess I don't hate the guy, but I don't like love him either. He's okay, but uh, I don't puke. He's a really? slime ball. I don't care for mm. Jimmy Kimmel. He has his moments where it's like, yeah, I just, I just don't care for you. I'm sorry. There's that whole Matt Damon thing. Where was it? Didn't Sarah Silverman break up with him live on the air with a music video she did with Matt Damon? Wasn't yeah, that it, like a legit thing? I, it, that guy cracked so, me up. So technically. Her and so Jimmy Kimball, when he was starting out in comedy, him and Sarah Silverman were actually going out. Yeah. And Matt Damon made a joke about it. And so Jimmy Kimball, I could tell, was just not happy about it. And so he he went along with the joke he did. And so when they made the song, like, I'm fucking Matt Damon. And so after a while, he was just like, yeah, hold then my he, pride in, hold my pride in, hold my pride in. Well, then he did the, then he did the, the, his retaliatory, uh, I'm blanking. Ben Affleck. Yeah. And uh, they got all these Hollywood stars with cameos. It's great. Look them up on YouTube. My description cannot do it justice. Uh, a couple other news items to cover here. Uh, just real quick. Winning Time. Love love that show. It, it did not get renewed. HBO announced that it's not coming back for season three. I guess the viewership was down and declining. Uh, I really like the show. I know sports shows are for everyone, but I thought it, I thought it covered, uh, I would say season two wasn't as strong as season one, but, uh, you know, I thought they had a little bit of everyone and think you necessarily had to be like a hardcore basketball fan or sports fan to get into it. Cause it kind of had like your typical dr- drama storyline and arcs, you know, love intensity suspense, you know, your average sports story where they were, they won't win the championship. But, uh, I definitely thought season two was a little weaker, but I didn't think it was like awful by any means, but sad to see that it's not coming back for season three. Uh, especially if they kind of had that cold opening where they made it sound like the series would end with the whole, you know, magic Johnson, iconic, you know, HIV announcement. But, uh, this, this isn't the first time that HBO has kind of had that whole, like, I'm not going to make another se- season kind of ordeal. Cause they did this with an- another show many, 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 many years ago where they were doing, talking about horse races now this was a terrible production because not only did the actors suffer but the people uh the animals are really who suffered uh there was talks of like steroid you know talk and of course horses getting tranquilizers and they're dying on set is that like in the 90s or so or that was that was early not well yeah that was almost early to late 90s 2000s so right as they were coming into their really gritty peak although they were already in their gritty peak they were coming into their extreme starting to become known for tv shows aside and just movies like sopranos and 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 it was beautiful that was a beautiful time for them but it sucked because a lot of controversies followed them throughout the years so this isn't the first time yes yes i i am with you on that point uh one last news item, I guess. I got an email. I Netflix, or this in just two days on September 29th, they'll be shipping out their final DVDs, the disc division of Netflix. I know we kind of, six months ago, they made the announcement, we're on our final season. In six months, we'll, uh, our disc division, our mail disc, uh, mail at home disc delivery service will discontinue. We'll be just streaming. And mm. so, but, you know, it was, I think I might have mentioned this on a couple episodes ago, but about a month and a half or so ago, they said, uh, you know, we'll keep mailing out discs until September 29th. Uh, then uh, check, click on this link to opt into this deal where uh, the next 10 discs that are available in your queue, reorganize your queues, uh, we'll just send them to you. Okay. We got to clear out our warehouse. <laughs> and so, hey, that's a nice, you know, for the 
last regulars that hung on to their mail-at-home disc delivery service, uh, rental service. I thought that was a nice little make good. I'm hoping I get a, a little more than 10. I, I, so I kind of reorganized my queue just the other day, and I managed to watch and mail off one more movie just a few days ago, and they, I have another one coming to me. So I was able to get one last uh, movie mail to, to me. I, I, so I'll be talking about the movie I saw uh, in quick takes at the end. But uh, the last movie they sent me that uh, as a regular rental will be Plane that came out earlier this year. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember the preview for that. Uh, like, like, like this plane crash lands on an island with a bunch of criminals. Kind of think a modern oh, day the, Con Air. Oh, just uh, just Plane. It's yeah. just called Plane. Yeah, yeah. with Gerard Butler. Yeah, yep, Gerard and, Butler. And of course, the dude who played Luke Cage. I love that movie. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, so I'm looking. I'm looking forward to watching that. My final. I get. The, they said I looked at my FAQ. They're like, "Well, your current Netflix disc out. Do you have to return it?" And there was a like a FAQ, and it's like, "Nope, keep it." So I was like, "All right." Oh, I was so, totally. Have any of you guys ever rented movies from a video store, and also yeah. the 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 video store surprisingly closed and you're like what do i do with my oh, movies oh yeah actually funny story like literally when hollywood videos and of course blockbuster two of my immense immense loves sad that they shut down literally me and my sister went into blockbuster i saw that nothing was there it was just shutting down and it was so horrible to see it it was a childhood, like everyone's childhood. And literally the dude, like I bought like what, five, six, 10 DVDs. And literally the dude's like, dude, just keep them. Just keep them, man. I'm like, are you serious? Oh, like, wow. yeah. oh you're going to rent. Uh, I was going to rent. Yeah. All these 10 DVDs. I'm like, dude, just, just keep them, man. They're, they're not going anywhere. Just keep them. And I was uh, like, oh, sweet. Oh, and this was like right as they were closing. <laughs> yeah, or? This was right as they were just like closing everything. Like everything had been knocked off the shelves. Everything had been like torn down. Like they were about to just wow. close their doors. And even the one employee was there. It was the same where Hollywood videos. The one I got actually out of there was a uh, werewolf, uh, the D, uh, what was it? The Dog Devil, which was still one of my favorite purchases I ever made at Hollywood Videos. I miss those places guess, so much. I, I guess the only one I can uh, relate to that was in the old premiere video in town. I guess this is right when the wave of video stores, like first the Mom Pac video stores closed before, then it was like not until like several years later before the Blockbusters. But I, I used to know a guy that worked there, and he gave me like a stack of like they used to have this loyalty service like Stamp card like rent 10 movies get one free he, he, he filled out like three or four of them for me so i was finally i was all excited i was going to rent a few games i was all super happy and i walk up to the door middle of the day the doors door won't open why would the door open all of a sudden big note on the door oh thank you for your patronage and i was like ah oh, no and i and i start to turn back walk back to the car and then i guess all of a sudden this that same guy i know that worked there bursts through the open through the door hey dude and all of a sudden, I turn around and I'm like, what the? And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, we just closed. Yesterday was our final day. We're clearing out house. I'm like, oh, man, that, that sucks. Uh, it's, it's such a great store. We're going to miss you guys. And just just exchanged a couple of quick pleasantries. And uh, and then uh, and then I, it didn't cross my mind until like I was at home an hour later. I was like, I should have asked him if he could have hooked me up, hooked me up with some free movies. <laughs> and I'm so sure lost opportunity. Paul, ever go through anything like that? No, I managed Blockbuster when they closed. Oh shoot! So I, I think I just threw everything in the trash. Just threw it all. Yeah, not not worth salvaging. <laughs> well, I think it was just probably policy. Oh, uh, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah, I figured. Yeah, probably just or I, or I quit before they closed. I can't remember. It was so long ago. Yeah. Oh still, man, I still can't rest, believe. Uh, rest in peace, video stores and Netflix disc rental service. <laughs> I uh, will say this: Netflix can try all they want, but they will never 
ever, ever compare to Hollywood videos and Blockbuster. Yep. You won't. Or the mom pop stores of yeah, yesteryear. Yeah, you, you just won't. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. I guess speaking of not comparing, uh, let's go ahead and jump right into our first movie we're focusing on today, uh, The Equalizer 3. Yo. So uh, I, I guess just a quick heads up. I saw this film in... Uh, I had to do. I had to get my vehicle repaired. I went to. I was in Fargo, uh, and I was just doing a couple other things while I was there. I was like, oh, I was there for a day and a half or so. I was like, oh, you know, I want to see Equalizer three. It's been forever since I went to their major theater there, so I went and checked it out there. And the way they got their stadium seating set up and their big screen just kind of compared it to River Cinema and all that. So it was an interesting, different experience, but. Uh, uh, and I actually tried pre-ordering a ticket online to see how that worked. I never did it with River Cinema. I was like, oh, I don't know. It's like a matinee. And it's on the weekend. We'll see. Maybe it'll be packed. You know, it was this opening weekend release. But uh, I was a little alarmed. I did take a look to see what the box office numbers were. But, uh, like, I think could have been more than a dozen people there. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, in, very, very interesting. But, yeah, Equalizer 3. So, so we got Denzel Washington back as Robert McCall, the main character. He finds himself at home in southern Italy, but he discovers his friends are under the control of local crime bosses. As events turn deadly, McCall knows what he has to do. Become his friend's protector by taking on the mafia, just like, you know, just like the last couple of movies. The one-man army, and yeah, just Denzel Washington, just, you know, he's on a routine mission, the opening mission. He's kind of kicking ass, but then freak injury happens, and this awesome little small village Italian home takes him in, but as he gets to know the town villagers, there's mafia caught, caught running loose, running, running, running around and he has to take matters into his own hands. Is, this, is that Dakota Fanning? Yep, that's her. Mm-hmm. Dakota Fanning, yes. I haven't seen her in anything in a long time. Yeah, she's been busy. She's been doing a lot of, like, independent stuff, and she she looks as different as she did when she was a kid, but, like, I'm like... Independent? Like, what, like, OnlyFans? No. She's too good for that. <laughs> she's too good for that. <laughs> yeah, Paul. She's too good for that. I no, I say, I just, you know, I'd watch. <laughs> 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 Yikes! <laughs> but no, yeah, Dakota Fanning's in this. She like uh, her, so she has an interesting interesting it. connection in this movie here. But uh, she's like one of the main uh, uh, private investigators in this film. So or not really private investigators, like official, like uh, I think Interpol uh, investigator. Yeah, yeah. She's a rookie, and it, I, and I have to say because I was freaking out. I don't know if you were freaking out in the theater, Dale, just because if you see this now, for any of you who have never seen. Uh, of course, this movie, which was directed by, of course, rest in peace, you know, uh, one of the lovely Ridley Scott's brother, which is Tony Scott. Rest in peace, Tony Scott. Um, of course, he directed Man on Fire, which, of course, that girl who you all have seen, you might not recognize her now, but you may have recognized her when she was a little girl because she was at the top of her game, of course, when she was a little girl. She, Dakota Fanning? You're yep, about? Yep. yep. And, she, of course... Anton Fuqua, who is a great director who directed, of course, all three of the beautiful Equalizer films, he knew that uh, he the fact that he got both of them back together after so many years, I'm like, this is like their their swan song for a kind of like a re, not a remake but more like a kind of like a sequel to it in a way because they got to be together again after so many years and I'm like this is phenomenal this is awesome so what do you think of the setup for this one you know he gets you know he starts to find a new home in this new, nice quaint little Italian village trying to kind of like a first equalizer he's finding new friends he's liking to help out with and help out with their problems and then once the mafia works their ways in he's he's like, he's like all right I gotta take matters in my own hands uh did 
did you think this seemed like the same as like a little too much same old same old or or mm. no this is a whole new setting differentiates itself enough from the original film to make it stand out on its own it is like the first film but not really it's in the first film he was trying to find peace mm-hmm. and then of course the second film it was the same way he he had gotten more savager but like the the third one this was his swan song in a sense because each film shows you every level of him like the first one he was having friends getting back to normal he promised his wife you know on her grave that he would never go back to that life that he would stay away from that but he had no choice and so as he dived in more in the second one we found him at his most grittiest he was just like i'm not having this you won't hurt innocent lives as long as i am in this world and he'll still keep doing it in the third one he tried to find peace he tried to like release himself like don't do it again let it go this is my last mission but then of course that just that itch in him he's like no no especially seeing how he got these new uh new awesome close family friends and family just get so wrong you know and and the way he kind of deals out justice it's not like a non-stop scene to scene like 80s throwback action romp more on that in a little bit though but uh uh in, in a different film but uh the 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 very select and limited scenes where you can see they're they're turning on action mm. or or he starts to intimidate some of the other mobsters they like they make sure for those few scenes of action they go all out oh yeah because man dude they just made it more they just made him more savage mm. i mean you don't take some i'll say this if there's one person, if you can learn from the Punisher, if there's one person you never, ever want to mess with, it's someone that is nothing left to lose. Mm-hmm. Nothing left to lose. You are just asking for a glutton and punishment. If you ask anybody who has nothing left to lose, that's dangerous territory. I guess to keep things rolling along here, my final thoughts on on, on the Equalizer 3 is I, I like how it kind of curious keeps up the series trademarks where uh, McCall or Denzel, he kind of has his little character-specific tropes where, you know, where he's very, very neat with his tea, laying yeah. it out just so at a little local, mm-hmm. uh, just ni- nice little charming cafe. And then also just, you know, he, you know, he's very, very, he has this etiquette with a stopwatch also where he's trying to, he's very, very, very punctual mm-hmm. watching the time and uh, just and just seeing how everything just kind of wraps up in a nice little bow with the action and all that and just kind of having its own sense of, I don't know if I want to say closure, I want to say they kind of keep things open for another one, but this is like this arc of his life is is now uh now closed i thought it wrapped out great i would give it a recommendation to see it i don't know if i'm a pretty i don't know if i make my top 10 or not say pretty close uh, uh i would have to just do a thorough comparison i don't know if i'd say it's an instant top 10 but it, i would say it's if if it doesn't make it, I would definitely say it's on the next tier down. Fair so, but uh, critic aggregate on Rotten Tomatoes is seventy five percent. Audience is ninety four percent. What would be your final verdict on the Equalizer three, Victor? I absolutely loved it. I thought it was very beautiful to get two, uh, not only two actors from a, another amazing movie that he did many years ago with her back together again, but the fact of they like the action and it was so kick-ass and plus there is uh this was just showing the trailer so this is not a spoiler obviously um because i don't spoil anything but it shows i love the intimidation factor they keep it like building up and up and up until it's just nothing but a similar just pop off top kind of ordeal where they're just in this restaurant this quaint little restaurant and this little gangster boy tries yeah. to tries to step up to him he literally takes his hand and literally just pressure points on him literally 
one pressure in your hand from your entire body, I can tell you, it just makes this kid like want to crap his pants. And I thought that was the most hilarious thing in the world. Gosh, yeah, that 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 level of intimidation and just the body language and that with that Denzel just just his face just. Gosh. screams don't mess with me yeah he's just so scared yeah. uh, he's Great always stuff. like the nicest dude in the world but like if you fuck with him he probably will yeah. like yeah i'm looking forward to see how this r- ranks if it makes my top 10 or not here when we do that in a few months so yeah equalizer three still playing in theaters uh next up we're going to keep moving this thing along here victor i know you said you had a, a bunch of uh marvel dc comic book stuff to catch us up with here oh, so yeah. i'll throw it to you like literally guys this this weekend has been this been filled with a lot of stuff guys like first off there uh, was crossovers aplenty. So uh, the original, uh, if many of you read this, Kingdom Come, which was one of the most beautiful stories ever written by my boy, Alex Ross, beautiful artist that he is. He, of course, uh, he did the art for it. Um, and Paul Dini, who also was a writer on Batman, the animated series, uh, he didn't do this one, but he did a bunch of uh, stuff with Alex Ross for uh, Batman War on Crime. He also did another one. I, th- he, I think he did do it for Superman uh, Qu- uh, for Peace, uh, which was a one that he did many years ago. But this time, the of course, DC Universe will be crossing over with the Kingdom Come universe, which is going to be very interesting to see. Is that this year, next year? No, this is this year. So it's coming up pretty soon. And also, to be another one, uh, of course, as I said before, 80 years, 80 years, because it's September 16th was the day we celebrated our beloved stoic Gotham protector for Batman, of course, day. I mean, man, 80 years the, the guy has been protecting the world, and man, he's did, just been kicking ass. What date was that again? That was September 16th. Did you celebrate in a special way? Oh, of course. I watched back-to-back many Batman shows. Oh, did you? Nice. Oh, and not to mention... Like animated or movies? All. Or? all. Oh, I watched wow. all of Batman non stop from the animated series to of course all of the original movies michael keaton i saw on retail they put out the mask of the phantasm animated movie on yeah. 4k blu-ray which was honestly Just like one a of couple the, weeks ago oh, one of the greatest batman movies ever yeah God. amazing that in sub-zero yeah yes. great oh stuff my gosh and kevin conroy of course rest in peace always because i love him. any other big comic uh, updates here oh and of course uh for for anyone who, of course, is a huge Ninja Turtle fan, which I know everyone is, uh, they will not only be releasing uh, not Last Ronin, but they're going to be releasing a video game of it. Oh, yeah, that's so right. You, so you get to join one of the last Ninja Turtles on his journey, on his last swan song, to take on Shredder's nephew, his evil empire, and all the foot ninja that he has left, and to honor the family of the last of the Ronins. So uh, I can't wait till it comes out. I think it's that's in development. This holiday season or early next year, I it's think. It's coming out yeah. next year. So, I mean, they showed a trailer for it. It looks so freaking and it's amazing. And it's not like your average turtle no. punch, punch, beat em up. It's no. just like a serious single player, yeah. like, uh, like stealth action, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You will be right there with him as he slices, dices, and kills every member of the I want to say, I thought I saw the trailer. It, was, it gave me kind of memories of Anamusha for people yeah. that remember the Anamusha PS2 games. It yeah. reminded me, actually, much like that, and of course, of Afro Samurai, if you ever oh, played yeah. that, because mm-hmm. it's so freaking amazing, and you get so. to see every head roll and blood and guts and everything. So I'm sure it will be just like that in many more. So I'm excited. And for the non-nerds out there, uh, a Ronin warrior is a samurai that doesn't have a clan anymore. Yes, a samurai without a master. So anyone who is a lone warrior is a Ronin. So yep. fair enough. I, I very much appreciate that. 
All right, Paul, we're going to jump to you next here. I, I know you said you saw, I got an update from you several days ago, so you kind of plowed through this on Netflix. I think it's a limited series, right? Several episodes talking about painkillers. Yeah, um, Shannon from uh, Brew Brothers, he recommended this to me. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's got Matthew Broderick. He plays uh, Richard Sackler, who is the inventor of Oxycontin. Actually, yeah. I don't know if he was the, I think his dad was actually the inventor, but, mm. he, but he created, I think it was like moxie cotton or something mm. and then so richard sattler uh sackler he is the one that pushed out oxycontin mm. and it talks about how it um tries to you know it, it makes this legal case of how they lied about how addictive it can be and mm. how it's like a narcotic and it, it was basically like the beginning of the opioid uh oh, yeah. pandemic and I, I mean, I, I was in college when oxys were rolling out, so mm. I, I knew this story very, very well. Mm. Um, they do over dramatize it, and they say that at the beginning of every episode, they, they took some creative liberties. Yeah, so they actually have like parents who have had kids that OD'd on oxycotton, and, yeah. they, and they the parents are actually. Like, for dramatical purposes, this is, you know, whatever. Mm. Well, but, it's kind of like, you know, winning time, they intentionally over-exaggerate certain scenes. Yeah, you yeah. know, just for entertainment value, which they did do. I mean, because, I mean, they almost made it sound like it was, you know, they compared it to, like, the crack cocaine uh, phenom- like thing that ha- happened years before that, which I can kind of see. But the way that they were portraying how people were acting off of Oxycontin, mm. I thought was they just over-dramatized mm. that, like... People that are breaking into pharmacies to try to get Oxycontins and stuff because they're going through withdrawals, mm. chances are those people were also on meth. Yeah. You know, and so they, they did take a lot of liberties, but it is still interesting seeing how, you know, these pharmaceutical companies, they're all about profits. Yeah. They don't care no. whether or not they're killing people. No, like, they, they want don't. the profits. And this oh, Richard yeah. Sattler, um, I think they said that he was estimated worth $11 billion. Yeah. Before Matthew the, Broderick, I see him playing him. Yep, mm. and he does a really good job. It, it's weird to see Matthew, Matthew Broderick like be like serious a, role, a, a creeper. Oh wow! I, I can. Yeah. I, I mean, he's he's played, of course, and we all know he's he's done Ferris Bueller, yeah, who is Ferris not really Bueller. a creeper, but he's a very like he's very sly in a way. I think. In the, oh no! In this, he's like creepy, creepy, like a serial killer. Wasn't there a creepy. recent oh, movie like in the last decade where he did he did one or two creepy roles? Then I'm just I'm kind of blanking on it. No, but. he. I mean, he, he was creepy with the what was it it was like a family blue collar comedy with danny devio he was he was creepy in a way but not creepy like paul said so, in this one so the, 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 i mean and the way that he's acting in this with this richard sackler which is probably pretty accurate mm. is a lonely billionaire yeah. whose only purpose in life is to make more money and have more power yeah and everything else does not matter. Yeah. And so I thought he did a pretty good job portraying that and and I like these uh seasons where it's you know, you got eight episodes, nine episodes, and then it's done. Yeah, this is. I don't. Like a, I don't need six seasons it, of yeah. a show. This is like a special limited series, just one season, one off, right? It's yep. like what six or eight episodes, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I mean, you can you can hammer it out in a week or two, no problem. And it, it's really interesting. The acting is good. Um, like I said, I mean, there are some things where you're just kind of like, okay, you mm, know, yeah. And, and then, but it's it's also got. Um, was it Taylor Kitsch? Is that the guy that played uh, Elvis? Uh, no, no, I think that was, that, uh, that was Butler. Austin, that was Austin yeah, Butler. Austin no. Butler. Oh, T- Taylor Kitsch, uh, who is who is also a very uh, well, underrated actor as he is. Oh, so they don't. Have, he was like one of the main people because he was like the main guy that like was the beginning of. He was like 
kind of like the first one to get pre- prescribed oxy mm. and like they have him go through this whole thing where he's you know mm. loses his family loses his business mm. because all because he's addicted to oxys because mm. he started out with because he got in an accident and he had mm. pain there yeah and um, and much like paul did with the uh ronin of course knowledge which i appreciate for it uh very much appreciate uh oxycodone like paul said and it's true because i've taking it for pain and let me tell you something you ain't breaking anywhere you are gonna stay your little happy butt right there because you will be like numb as a noodle so you ain't breaking it anywhere man well and, and then this jo- uh, this movie or show does do a good job of showing how this actually turned into like a pandemic that i grew up with because mm. just like um when they talk about it at the beginning you know these people are getting it for pain but then all of a sudden you got people that are pushing it as a drug and people yeah. are crushing it up and snorting it. Yeah. Ooh. So just like it's, you know, cause it's a narcotic basically yeah. and, and people are addicted to it and it's dangerous. To, like it, it, I, and I tell this to anyone on the show. Don't, I mean, take it for pain. That's one thing, but taking it for other consumptions, don't abuse it. No, and, and, and don't do that. And this, and like I said, Oxycontin was like the beginning of this because like when I was in college, I mean, it went from oxys to People having Skittle parties. Yeah. And they called them Skittle parties because they would just have a bowl of pills. Yeah. And they're all different colors. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, they're all different milligrams. They're either Oxycontins or they're um, Adderall mm-hmm. or whatever else it is. And so people just have Skittle parties and then, you know, they just crush up everything that they could find and snort it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard similar stories with some of the wrestlers and them going through just like a, you know, pain pill abuse and some of them just you know just getting hardcore addicted to it there's one wrestler i read i read my unfortunate fair share of wrestler biographies i saw some very dark stories one of the wrestlers if you guys remember the nasty boys going way back when uh, yeah yeah, brian knobs they said he was uh, on the back of a uh, either airplane or a bus uh as they're on a cross-country tour and they're like all right grab kind of like you almost exact analogy you used paul a skittle party but instead of skittles like they, he grabbed a bunch of pills put them in a jar a bunch of random wrestlers pills and he just he sang this little uh this little uh just little hymn as he kind of, he he's like rainbow stew what will it do as he kind of jingled this big jar of pills and just well, and the wrestlers had to drag him off the bus I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name who's the who guy oh rick flair rick flair Woo. and that doc I'm pretty sure that his son died from an opioid oh, yeah. yep. David overdose. Flair. Or no, Reed Flair. Reed Flair, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he died from like an oxy yeah. overdose oh, too. Yeah, I heard. I, heard I he can't remember the drug, but I know it was, it was a drug overdose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, you got all these people. I mean, yeah. um, Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, all, overdose, And, and what, yeah. what the thing is, is, I mean, these guys are taking Oxycontin, but then they're also drinking with it. Mm-hmm. And, doing it and that's how these people are. And they... In this movie, they were saying that they were doing like autopsies because it was like a revolving door of mm. people ODing off of Oxy. And they would see like, they have like 15 pills yeah. that they would pull out of their oh, uh, kidneys or whatever it was. And they're only supposed to be taking one pill a day. Yeah. And they were taking like 18 pills yeah. in one day because like that's how addictive it was. Well, Gosh. and not only that, but uh, unlike Heath Ledger, who had not only a chronic insomnia, which he couldn't go to sleep and he couldn't do anything, so he had to stay awake. And because when you take drugs 
and you want to stay awake and you want to do a lot of things. Uh, for example, uh, there is a documentary called uh, Take Your Pills, much like the, the title of this movie. But uh, there was a guy who was called Dr. Feel Good. And of course, the, uh, what was it? Uh, Dr. Feel Good. Yep, yep. They, uh, what was it? Uh, 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 Motley Crue, they wrote a song called Dr. Feel Good. And that was what he was. They never gave his real name. That That's just what they called him because every musician, every actor, every anybody who wanted to feel good, they called him. Well, and they would make him stay up all night and they would do all those crazy things. And there was like, tall to him, call Dr. Feel Good, man. He'll make you help, help you all the time. Yeah, and I don't want to spend too much time on yeah. this. So I'll, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just wrap it up with this. So they do make a good point of that of like how the doctors were over prescribing it because yeah. they would get paid. Yeah. The more that they sell, the more that they sold this stuff, oh, the more yeah. that they would get paid on it. Yeah. Um, the thing that I find interesting though too is that so uh, I think it was Purdue was the name of the company that made the Oxycontin that uh, Richard Sackler owned. Well, they declared bankruptcy, <laughs> but Oxycontin was never actually like taken off the market. Mm. I don't think because they said it works for what it does mm. as people are abusing it. Yeah. And the abuse is not the fault of the manufacturer, yeah. even though they lied and they knew to, that it was addictive. Yeah. But uh, what's I'm kind of curious though, is because, you know, I just uh, went under the, the knife uh, a week or so ago, but I got oxycodone mm. and I'm wondering if oxycodone is this, Still the same as oxycotton. I know. I never heard of oxycodone. I know I've heard of hydrocodone. I heard of that. Well, that it, one. it says acetaminophen, so I'm assuming it's just like basically like Tylenol five. Yeah, it's you know, it, oxycodone, but it's not the same because I've had oxycodone. Now I've never much like well have oxycodone uh, before, but I I do know they're they're similar in name, but not similar in the way that they Potency. work. Yeah, because I mean. With oxycodone, like I said before, you guys, you ain't going nowhere. You no, are that, no, that's what that thing is like. Because I got this oxycodone, and I'm just, like, I took one, and I was just like, "Does this even do anything?" Yeah, I, like, like I, it had no effect on me. Yeah, I'm like, do I need to snort it to feel it, or mm. what? You know, but whatever. no idea. But uh, but high recommendation for painkillers. It sounds like yeah, uh, it, not a high recommendation. It's good, but it's not great. Gotcha. Kind of like that good solid and, second tier. And, of course, because this is based on a real-life story, like Paul said, because of the respecting of the families and such, they won't be, you know. My, my recommendation for this, kind of like what I did, is that every night, uh, I mean, I have to do laundry, like, every night because I got, like, 20 kids. But, you know, this is a really good one to put on the TV mm. and, like, fold laundry to. Mm. Kind of have on the background while you're doing some chores or... Fair enough, yeah. Or just kind of winding down for the day, morning coffee or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just I mean, or you sit down and watch it, you know. And like I said, it's not like you're going to get into eight seasons or anything. So mm. it's a good, you know, two you week go. thing That's... while you're. And you can find that on Netflix. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Want to make sure you give a reminder: we are giving away a pair of passes to the River Cinema 15 for those just joining us. Uh, we want to hear what just comment in the live chat on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube that hey, I want those movie passes, and you'll win two free movie passes to the River Cinema 15, and I believe it's either a twenty or twenty five dollar gift card to the Shire. So great combination. Just say, just type in the live chat, I want those movie passes, I want those tickets, something to that effect, and they are yours. But oh, I forgot to put the image up here. Hold on. We'll, oh, yep. we'll do this really quick. So there's Painkiller. Oh, yep, yeah. There, there is uh, Matthew Broderick. Oh my gosh, yeah. 
So that's the one you want to look for because there's a couple of painkiller shows out there if you're looking for it. But make sure you look for the one with Matthew Broderick. Oh, yeah. There you go. And I guess before we get along to our next review, we got to make sure we're going to hear some words from our friends at Churchill Shoes. Hold on. I'm working on it. Oh, yeah. It's all good. I think they may be towards. Oh, no. I just saw it. I just saw it. There we go. And. Churchill Shoes. You're, you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. And we are back. We're going to keep this review of Palooza rolling right along here. I saw this one in the theaters last weekend. I, it kind of snuck up on me. I vaguely recall seeing, I don't know, maybe I saw a trailer or an announcement for it like, like several months ago, and then I completely forgot about it. I was looking at the listings. I'm like, oh, I got time to catch a movie this this weekend, catch a quick mac- matinee. What's out? And surprise, surprise, Expendables 4 is out. Or excuse me, Expendables with the A replaced with the number 4. I hate that naming convention. I hate it yeah. when uh, the video games have done it before. Driver with a 3. Uh, I've seen it in elsewhere, too. Just not a fan of it. But yeah, Expendables 4. It's been a while since the... Ex- have any of you guys happened to see this one yet, this newest one that came out last week? I actually was going to see it, but I didn't have time this week because I was... So- busy and i want to see it this weekend because i mean i my boy tony jaw he's in it so i was like yeah i don't know why tony jaw was like a one-hit wonder what was his big hit he's he but he's good though he's 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 nothing to be made he's nothing to be messed with man that man what was he in before then i guess i'm trying to remember so you remember the own back series oh yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. that man is you don't want to mess with him that man's body is a whole weapon (laughs) but yeah the the expendables movies they took a little bit of a hiatus there the last one that came out was 2014 uh that year nine years ago and and they cranked out three of them in four years from like 2009 to 2014 or or, yeah so they were just cranking them out but uh, now they took a little bit of a hiatus and a little bit of a a cast shake up here too you still got the couple uh several returning acts the big headliners jason statham and sylvester stallone like what sylvester stallone is like in his what mid-70s now but why the hell is megan fox megan Megan fox is a newcomer she's She's just a pretty face no she's not she's no she's she's part of the part of the expendables crew this this with her resting bitch face (laughs) yeah i was like i was trying to think you know she hasn't at least it doesn't seem like she's been as prolific as she used to be i know she kind of has done a movie here and there the last several years that's because of her relationship with shayla she, no uh no she she her him and her had their thing but they weren't dating she had, was dating machine gun kelly and mm. that's why i don't know people... what the hype is about her i don't think she's that attractive uh, well i know she had she had her big you know big run there in the years following the transformers films but that was like well well, well long ago well, it's not even just that it's just the fact that she is that cool girl kind of motif mm-hmm. like she's she's hot but she's also like doing all these things and i mean don't get me wrong i don't think she's ugly yeah <laughs> we can all agree there we can all agree there but but yeah you can see there it's a loaded cast they got some newcomers you got some returning uh dolph london's back uh 
also Randy Couture. Uh, then they have some new faces. Andy Garcia's kind of like their 50 main. Cent? Yeah, 50 Cent? Yeah, 50 Cent. Yeah, 50 Cent. I too. was like, yeah. wow. Oh, they, come on. Yeah, they got him as part of the expendable crew as a, as a newcomer, I believe, to the crew. Andy Garcia's a newcomer. He's kind of like the guy who hands their operative, who hands them their missions, their assignments. Uh, but yeah, you kind of have a nice opening bar fight scene where they kind of have the two leads. You know, got Statham and Stallone just kind of kicking ass oh. in a bar. So I got a problem with this, with like the 50 Cent and mm-hmm. the Megan Fox. So when I think Expendables, mm. you think of like old action stars yeah. that have like hammered out a bunch of action movies yeah. and, and are well deserving of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, even Tony Jaa, I mean, he did his own stunts mm. and everything. Sylvester Sloan, obviously, you know, Rocky and mm. Rambo. And Jet Li. You know, and, and then, then yeah, you know, Jet Arnold, Lee, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. you know, no Jet Jean-Claude Lee, Van Damme. No, no Arnold Schwarzenegger for this. But the... now when you start introducing 50 Cent... Yeah, like yeah. you're losing the whole plot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that one uh, was a big eyebrow raiser. The star power in this is definitely takes a hit. You got a couple of the big returning faces, but no Arnold was a big like what? No Arnold, but uh, but then uh, then also like like you said, no Jet Li, a few other faces, and them taking nine years off too. A lot of people probably forgot. I. I the first three Expendable movies, yeah, they had their their weaknesses, but they were nice, good nostalgia uh, throwbacks to the mm. '80s nonstop action romps. You know, movies for guys who like movies. If you remember that TBS uh, movie slate in the uh, in the '90s and early 2000s, they're just just old school, gritty, no nonsense, uh, just straight to the point action movies with the, your '80s stars. And this has a lot of those '80s stars, but they kind of have a new wave here too. But uh, yeah, it's that that star power, the cast they have. They introduce, oh, we got some newcomers to the team, and here's Fifty Cent. And a couple other faces, but uh, it so it's it, that's definitely a big, big major hang up. I will say, at least compared to Expendables 3, they made that PG 13, and a lot of people cried foul at that. I was with it. I mean, hey, you're doing your 80s throwback action movies, they got to be rated R, you know, just no, not all over the top uh, action and, and kind of blood and violence. And this is a return to form for, for that, so I'll say that is a strong point. You do get some good action and throwback uh, nostalgia scenes like that. There was a so, lot of, they, there was, oh no, sir, Gary. I was going to say, if they wanted to make this a hit, and you know, if, if you guys want to hire me for ideas, you certainly can, <laughs> because I would have made this movie millions more dollars. <laughs> By instead of having 50 Cent, I would have had Charlie Sheen from Hot Shots Part oh, Two. I mean, that was, I mean, that was a great they, for the for the that would have been hilarious for the villains in in, in the past movies. They kind of had like those nice guest. Uh, 80s throwback cameras like i think john claude van damme was a villain for yep, one steven seagal i think was another villain yep, in the past in, film yep, it's yep. like but all right perfect you, casting you could literally Here, like, not so have, much have this whole expendables thing i mean they because they did it right with um chuck norris and oh, the one yeah. where all of a sudden oh, like, yeah, chuck everybody, norris just like, everybody's just nowhere. dead and yeah. he just shows up but they could have done it with charlie sheen and he could and they could have had the body count yeah you know like, right. like they did in hot shots and but and just have him out there and you know i mean that would have been perfect comedy really yeah. for this movie i mean the plot for this one there's a open there's a main uh opening mission with the expendables crew and they're one of the i won't spoil it but one of the expendables crew there's a big demise and so it's, it turns into a big revenge uh or revenge film where they're out for payback and you find out the the villain uh named ocelot and maybe that's a nice little uh homage to Metal Gear Solid. Uh, they plan to start off World War III by getting these nuclear warheads onto, uh, transporting them onto a, a Russian 
uh, vessel disguised as an American craft carrier, aircraft carrier. So they want to make it looks like make it look like the USA is starting World War Three, and then the Expendables kind of kick in for a big final act. And it, it was a pretty decent final act, though I think it's def- it definitely pales in comparison to the. I say the first two Expendables are the main strong ones. The, the cast definitely is not as strong. I thought it was a. Again, if you want your 80s throwback action kicks, you'll get that here, just not to the same extent as, like, the first two. Glad to see that they're amping up the R rating is back and and having that level of tone again, but just not as good as the first two. Uh, critics really slammed it. Critic aggregate is 14%. Audience is a bit better, 70%. I think that's where I'm setting, like, around a 7 out of 10. Uh, it's good not great me not quite second tier 14% yeah. critics <laughs> I mean, only four, 14% in, in ratings, that's 14% yeah, only 14% of crit- I can God. see why the that's critic like, ag- that's like Biden numbers I, I can see why the critic <laughs> aggregate is that is that low on Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes Biden. yeah I can see the expendable movies not being a hit with your average prestige movie critic there but uh, well, to be to be fair it's you know Sylvester Stallone he did make these movies mm-hmm. and though uh, the first one of course had a lot of trouble because he Bruce didn't direct w- this one but he, I know he's no. kind of like the main like uh, showrunners. Yeah, <laughs> so he he did he didn't write for the these uh, other two, but uh, the first and second one, yes, he did. He also was a star in it as well. Uh, so the first one, of course, because Bruce Willis was in it, he wanted more money, and then he had to kick him off because he was acting like a diva. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was not actually supposed to be in it because they yeah. had their actual oh, yeah. rivalry because they they are friends but they are also rivals for many years uh for action you know movies for many a plenty um and then of course the third one got a lot of uh flag just because like uh dale said a lot of pg-13 when it was supposed to be radar because they were battling with a studio you know mm. and the rating system is crap i'm gonna tell that right now because every movie that has ever been rated by the rating system they say this is radar for this or pg-13 for that i'm like yeah okay mm-hmm. you go screw yourself you know <laughs> I, I i just got done watching fast x that's the latest one right yep mm-hmm. yeah so that one's finally out and i watched that and yeah, it was dumb. Oh yeah, you know, it's like I mean, it's just like the you know Expendables. What they, eight now? But. Yeah, they, yeah. Where the fast movies they they lean into it and then some for their they're just they just the, trying to up the WTF I quotient. Mean, well, in each it, film. It, it was you know it's entertaining action. Mm. It's obviously completely over the top. But the one thing I will give Fast X that I wasn't expecting is I thought Jason um, Momoa. Yeah, I thought his char- I thought he did an awesome yeah. job with yeah. that character. He was yeah. like. I, I, like he made that movie. Yeah. At first, I thought I'm like, okay, he's having up way too bad. But then, as a the movie kind of let you let it sink its teeth into you, you're like, all right, no, I'm on board. Let's see where he goes with it. You know, he's, yeah, he's just a complete psychopath. It yeah. was awesome. <laughs> That's why everyone loves Jason. And, and, I don't know if it was me or. or if it, I don't know if he's just bigger, but or did he just get kind of fat for that movie? Yeah, a lot of people have been kind of. It's not just been him; it's been Chris uh, Chris Hemsworth and Dave Bautista. They're you know dogging them because they've gotten a lot fatter Bulking in their movies. Up. Yeah, and it's not because you know they're they're not fat; it's just because. You know, they're getting old, you guys. Well, you no, have to yeah, remember. I mean, but he was wearing, like, really baggy clothes and stuff. So I was just like, he's, oh. I mean, he's a big guy. Yeah. He's he a sh- big guy. And he chose. He actually chose I, that. And <laughs> I, did, I did think it was was cool, too, that he didn't become, like, the fight scene guy. Yeah. Like all of the other uh, fast movies. You know, yeah. like, because you got The Rock. You got, you know, um, you, you know all of them. But yeah. Th- it, it's always the other guy is like going to take on Vin Diesel mm. and they all know martial arts and they're yeah. all super strong. Mm. And then you think Jason Momoa. Yeah. He's a big guy. He's Aquaman. Yeah. But no, he's just like, I don't even know how to fight. Yeah. In this yeah. movie. It was, yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> just, yeah. He's just, yeah. I mean, he's he just beats the crap out of him and he's like, 
Just, that was really mean. <laughs> he's just a lunatic. Straight, straight up lunatic with, with a gun. You <laughs> but hurt my feelings. <laughs> Paul, I'm also curious in your thoughts for our next movie we're covering. Uh, Guy, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Came out a little earlier this year, but I know you said you just oh. watched it recently here. I uh, love Yo. Guy Ritchie films. Love The, the Wrath that's of Man. My, that's boy. the only reason I watched it is because it said Guy Ritchie. That's my boy. I love Guy Ritchie, dude. It was... So, yeah, this is what? Jake Gyllenhaal in, in the Afghanistan my, War there. That was my yep. favorite movie. The, it was a good movie. I'm not a huge fan of Jake Gyllenhaal, but I think that he does a good job in what he what he does. Mm. Um, no, and it, it was it was an interesting movie, and you know, and it even talks about how you know Biden's stupid pull out of um, yeah. was it Afghanistan, yep. yeah, you know, and just leaving everything there, and yeah. you know, and so they talk about him, and he's got this interpreter, and he's got to go back, and he's got to try to save him because mm. he's in hiding, and at the end of it, they say you know there's like ten thousand, yeah, you know, people that live there that yeah. were helping Americans mm. and they're all in hiding mm. because the Taliban, as soon as we took off, I mean, it was like a month later, they just yeah. took everything back over and yeah. now they're just off yeah. and everybody that was helping the U S yeah. and all the, so it just, it, it was interesting. And it, it also was very frustrating because mm. you just see like the just dumbassness of the, what happened yeah. with this current administration that we have. If you want to talk about absolute fuckery, like that was an absolute fuckery. Do you think they, they really ha- they really push a certain political angle in that movie, or is this more about just this taking place during no, this it's, war? It's more of a, a just about uh, the bond between two people. I mean, this guy literally you know, saved his life. Mm. And, remember- then, and then uh, after he saved his life, he gets back to America yeah. and he was supposed to get honored with a visa yeah. and they never gave it to him. So Jake Gyllenhaal, the whole time he's like in America, he's like trying to figure out how to get back yeah. to save this guy because he's like hiding in holes yeah. and he saved his life. So <laughs> it's a really cool story. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's based off a true story or anything, but... I know the I mean, previews they, looked real... I haven't had a chance to see it, but the previews looked really good. The story, it's, it's worth watching. The story is is based on real events. The This harrowing story about two people, that isn't based on a true story. It could have been, honestly, but uh, yeah, that part's not based on More a true like story. More like inspired by true events, but not yeah, based on true events. Because this dude, I, I gotta tell you, you gotta see this movie, man. Because when I saw it in theaters, like it was amazing. He was literally... These guys had to do incredible things just to get him to this point and literally like like paul said he saved this man's life he risked a lot just to get him there and jay gyllenhaal's like i want to get back over there and repay him and literally they had to fight tooth and nail because the taliban like paul said when we left they took everything over and they were just like there was they what they lack in you know subtlety and everything they make up for in numbers because there was a bunch of those motherfuckers no they were everywhere they were everywhere they were like flies. You couldn't get good, rid of good, them. A lot of good action scenes in it. Highly recommended. It sounds oh, it like so yeah, awesome. very yeah. very cool. I got I got to see it. It was it's, it's in my backlog. I didn't I need to see it. Is it? Uh, did you say it was streaming on Netflix or? It should be also streaming on uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Maybe that's where I saw yeah. it was Amazon. I'm, I can't remember. But it's it's out for free. All right, sweet. Well, yeah, there you go. Guy Ritchie's a covenant because he did back to back for literally. He did the what was it? He did uh, Operation Fortune and he did the Covenant that same year. So he did back to back films that busy, year. Busy B. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love Guy Ritchie. <laughs> All right, I, I guess speaking of busy bees, uh, Victor, I know it's been a while since we had one. I, I guess since our last show here, but you said you had an action figure oh, for absolutely. us for your. 
Action Figure Showcase. Oh, absolutely. Here we go. So, Victor, it's always for the newer viewers, Victor usually brings in like one or two figures to show each week or each episode here where he does custom creations or just likes to collect the latest and greatest. So, looking forward to what he has in store for us today here. So... So you got four of them for us this week. <laughs> so honestly, uh, like, like I said, the Comic-Con was just dope this year. And it was just phenomenal. And I was just in heaven. So, I mean, I was kind of deciding on this guy. And then I was like, oh, well, they came out with a bigger one. But I was like, you know what? I love Apocalypse. So, of course, I had to get one at Comic-Con. Why didn't he look like that in the X-Men movie? That pissed me off. Oh, yeah. So that I, that I portrayal of him in there was a... Uh... I, I love Oscar Isaac, yeah. But he could have been a li- little bit more intimidating because it's Apocalypse. He he literally crushes you know humans for breakfast and eats them. I mean, this man literally was the first mutant who said only the strongest will survive and literally he wants to kill every human on the planet so apocalypse is just cackling and laughing as he holds a human skull and just wants to crush everybody because he's so freaking awesome and of course i got because i love this movie so much i got the blue beetle because the blue beetle was kick-ass and that movie was awesome can i tell you a quick little story on that oh sure (laughs) so last night i had the option of getting blue beetle or gran turismo oh did you and so I thought my wife would rather watch Gran Turismo, mm. and she bailed after like ten minutes. Oh no! Oh no! But I, because I didn't get Blue Beetle, be just because of the fact that I was like, this is just going to be Spider Man, just in a different suit, you know, basically as far as plot line. But Gran Turismo was okay. Mm. Kind of thinking I should go. Oh, I, I love Gran Turismo. Yeah. I know Paul, we, Paul and I had an interesting text exchange. I'm like, oh, sorry, you didn't like it, man. I, I guess it hit the right no, notes for me. It was 25 bucks. Either, either one of it was 25 bucks for Blue Beetle or 25 bucks for Gran Turismo. And I told Gran Turismo, I'm like, oh, dang it. Why didn't I just keep with my comic book collection? I think that's, that's very evil how they make some, some streaming movies. They'll make them available streaming to purchase first before being available to rent. So, oh, no, you can't oh, pay. Oh, it was $20 to rent. Oh, 20 or, bucks to rent? Not or even, 25 to buy. Or 20 Oh my gosh! Well, yeah. hell yeah! You could have just went to Walmart and like, it for I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to save five dollars and rent it. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, you could have just picked it up for twenty at Walmart. <laughs> you think for renting, it'd be five or is this like a special limited early window bonus premium price or something and like that, that? And that's only because they they add more, you know, more stuff to go in like well, HD gonna, and everything. No, what's going to really like, piss me off is that next week it's going to be on Peacock for free or oh something. Oh yeah, because <laughs> they're that much of a they're like, wait, there's more. <laughs> so, Victor, I see you got some more figures for us. Yes, and the, this, of course, was given to me by not only my boss, but slash friend, Mr. Joe. Shout out to Mr. Joe, because I love him so much. He gave me... Now, this is an original George Perez, because George Perez is an amazing artist and just creator of himself. Like, he, of course, did this beast model. Uh, and, of course, Alex Ross did a re-release uh, many years later of the X-Men taking on their most hateful enemy, Magneto, not just a Apocalypse. But uh, of course, this was just the the actual model figure that he, of course, made for a re-release of it. And you could just see the white in his eyes. He's just so intimidating. He's just ready to rip people apart. As 
diligent and incredibly immaculate as he is you know he beast can cut like he can cut with the rest of them he is not just your average smart kind of uh, you know mutant he will throw you down and beat the crap out of you because he's that cool i've always just kind of figured he was a werewolf honestly he does he looks like an old 90s fox cartoon oh yeah he and i and i love the fact that they made him savage in that just not just a one-off because he's in smart but he's he will throw down i promise you so who's this final fella and of course this is uh again this is the prehistoric batman i found prehistoric batman yeah so of course many years like they uh so uh, so he was the, like the richest of the cavemen. Um, He's like, I have Nate rocks. Not exactly. <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> so of course, when ba- uh, Batman took on Darkseid, Darkseid, of course, was just as arrogant as he could be, and Batman n- breaking his no gun rule took a gun and shot him with a bullet and killing him. But in doing so, uh, he shot his Omega Beams, which not only, they said, killed him, but, of course, it didn't kill him. It just sent him back years and years upon futures. So he was, of course... A uh, little loophole. Yeah, so he was just going everywhere. He was a pirate. He was a pilgrim. He was, you know, uh, a Western hero. He was a prehistoric beast. So, I mean, he did all these things and went back into time. Now, is this a customer? Or is this uh, one no, that uh, this as was, is how it was how it was it was sold? This was how it was sold, and literally, this was like literally. I'm like, this is awesome. When like, you guess McFarland? Yep, and literally, it was in the original clamshell kind of way back in the day. If you ever had like an action figure, like I did, there was in the original clamshell that they did for toy. Even Toy Biz did this for Marvel, uh, which I thought was so cool and so nostalgic. Piece to them on that. So newer toy, or has that one been out for a while? This one has been out for. This is actually has been newer, uh, as well as uh, the uh, the only two that were uh, older were more uh, Age of Apocalypse, Apocalypse here, and of course the Blue Beetle. Uh, but this one has been not been released. This guy who had it at Comic Con, I was actually surprised that he got it because I was like, this is for pre order. But then I was like. Oh, he might have done the pre- he might have done the pre-order thing and then gotten it earlier. So I thought, oh, it's a smart idea. So I I saw it at Comic Con and I'm like, all right, I gotta get it because I mean, come on, it's prehistoric Batman. Look how badass he is. He literally killed a big prehistoric bat. Literally took his hide, made a mask out of it, and literally took like rocks and everything. Look at it. You wow. Got- like it's awesome. Look at that. Nice way to commemorate. A quite a. When did that comic series run about? Um. So it wasn't. Uh. A, it became a comic series oh, in and of okay. itself. So it was called Fight the Frost, which, uh, of course. Mr. Freeze at that time had a huge uh, suit, uh, was pretty much, you know, freezing everything in the prehistoric time. So Robin, Batgirl, and of course, Mr. Batman here had to take him on and stop him before he created another Ice Age that would eliminate all the creatures of the world. Wow. Victor, I love these figures you bring each and every week, man. Can't wait to see what you have for us on our next episode, dude. Oh, I'm excited for next week because, oh, dude, this this was a long time coming. This is a long time coming. We took episode off, so instead of two weeks, it was a four-week wait, but we'll be back in two Two weeks with another batch from you here yes awesome awesome so uh, i guess before we get things rolling along here we got one final sponsor to give some props to some some love and that is our friends at the river cinema 15 and the shire bar and grill uh, make them your next dinner and a movie destination they're both located in the river mall in east grand forks now you can either dine inside the movie memorabilia packed restaurant in the shire or take that meal to the movie you're attending to go. Some of this week's feature attractions are, well, you heard us talk about a couple of them, Expendables 4. Uh, also playing is My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, The Equalizer 3, Gran Turismo, 
and, and so many more. You can find the complete showtimes online at rivercinema15.com. Don't forget about Tuesday's special $5 movies all day long or the 550 senior matinee specials on Wednesdays and Thursdays. As you can see in the video behind me, River Cinema 15 has luxury recliners and expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages, and they're owned and operated by the same company that runs the Grand Theater in Crookston. For their showtimes, look online, morefamilytheaters.com. All right, so I guess speaking of upcoming feature attractions, uh, I, I really condensed this down. So for four weeks of releases, it would have been like 20 to 25 uh, releases. I kind of condensed it down to eight, and we already talked about like two of them here. So uh, this will kind of help speed it up a little bit. But again, if you guys heard anything about any of these movies here, you want to jump in if they're on your radar to see or not interested, let me know. So first off, you know, we already covered Expendables 4 there in my review. I'm just kind of kind of thumbs leaning up, not really up all the way, kind of like a bottom of the second tier uh, kind of film for me. Uh, next up is The Nun 2, now playing in theaters. It's spooky movie season time now that we are in autumn. It's taking place in 1956 in France, where a priest is murdered and an evil is spreading. It's a sequel to the worldwide smash hit that follows Sister Irene as she once again comes face-to-face with Valak, the demon nun. Next up is My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, now playing in theaters, where you join the Portokalos family as they travel to a family reunion in Greece for a heartwarming and hilarious trip full of love twists and turns. Also playing in theaters is A Haunting in Venice. Yo, that movie's awesome. This is on Victor's radar. Oh, you already saw it? I already saw it. It's awesome. It's set in eerie post-World War II Venice, another France movie where uh, on All Hallows' Eve, and it focuses on the celebrated sleuth Hercule Perrault? Perrault? I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. French pronunciation who attends a seance at a decaying haunted palazzo where a murder happens and a sinister supernatural twists ensue. I saw the preview for this. It does look... Is it, it sounds like it delivers on its, on its preview there oh, then, Victor? Oh, it does. It's, I, I believe that's called, pronounced Poirot. Poirot. <laughs> it's <laughs> the know. French, man. They, they, have, they have a Victor, lot of... Victor, you them. saw it. How do you pronounce the guy's name? So, uh, Perot, the, the sleuth it's s- focusing on? It's, it's per, I pronounce it Perot just to make it more easier. Mm-hmm. Now, in the French, make it more harder mm-hmm. to pronounce his name, but it's Perot. I pronounce it that way, so... But next up, we have It Lives Inside, another spooky movie now playing in theaters where Sam is desperate to fit in at school, rejecting her Indian culture and family to, so she could be just like everyone else when all of a sudden a mythological demon spirit latches onto her former best friend. Now she must come to terms with her heritage in order to, to defeat it. I thought it was going to be about pregnancy. It lives inside. <laughs> oh, no. This is a, 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 a different, a different other kind of inside living here. But uh, uh, I, thought, I hope it wasn't going to be like tea, man, because, oh, God. So, so next up, it's the 10th one of these. Yes, they're on the 10th film of the Saw franchise op- that o- opening in theaters this Friday. It's the most chilling install- installment yet where it explores an untold chapter of the Jigsaw Killer's most personal game. It's actually a, a, a throwback. It's set in between the events of Saw 1 and 2, where a sick and desperate John travels to Mexico for a risky and experimental medical procedure in hopes of a miracle cure for his cancer, only to discover the entire operation is a scam to defraud the most vulnerable. Uh. 
So yeah, a little interesting. You guys a fan of the Saw movies from the past? Nope. Not, nope. not really. Same here. I mean, yeah. honestly, I he just it's the meaning of his of his torture and everything else. I mean, I know you you've lived past your death, but then to make others suffer so that they can appreciate life, it just to me it just doesn't make sense. Torture it's, porn, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it's not just not up my alley. For. Uh, next up, oh, also opening in theaters this Friday, is The Creator. It's set against the backdrop of a war between humans and robots with AI. That looks awesome. A former soldier finds a secret weapon and a robot in the form of a young child. So, Victor, this is kind of your interest in this one? I, th- like, literally, the dude who did Rogue One for Star Wars Story, like, that is, oh, He's I'm, behind so, this. I'm so excited, dude, because this looks really cool. Like, the, the fact that they have to protect a child for to save the human race of, and there's robots. Come All on. All I know ro- is it, it better be the kid from AI. <laughs> <laughs> oh. the, the one from uh, the Bruce Willis. Uh, oh, you I mean Daily Show Osmond? Yeah. It's like, I see dead people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, because remember, you know, he was the first AI robot. That I mean, is... the movie, movie was literally called AI. Yeah. Sure. yeah but yeah. Kinda, I guess speaking of sci-fi twists, our, our next, uh, next, next release uh. here is a streaming release, season four premiere of Star Trek Lore Decks on Paramount+. Plus. New season of the animated Star Trek series debuted on Paramount+. Plus This past week to stream. Also on Paramount Plus, new streaming series, The Gold, where it's based on the story of one of the biggest armed heists in British history, the robbery of the Brink Mats warehouse after thieves stole more than $26 million worth of gold and jewels in 1993. A years-long investigation ensued. It's kind of like you said, Paul, with Painkillers. It's a special one-off, limited series, one-season event, like just several episodes along. This last one I'm very interested in. The, the first episode premiered a few days ago. Two more episodes to be released in weekly uh, release schedule. The Continental from the world of John Wick. Mm. So this is a prequel to the John Wick movies. It's set in 1970s New York City, where the Continental explores the origin of the iconic Hotel for Assassins centerpiece of the John Wick universe, seen through the eyes and action of a young Winston Scott. So prequel that focuses on the person running the Continental. I saw the previews for it. Very, very intrigued. I definitely want to binge this it's only three parts so i think three hour hour ish long installments so i'm pretty much knocking on my quick takes as we go through here because i just got done um you saw this watching no uh john wick four. Oh, john wick four yeah, yeah. because that's on peacock Pri- yeah yeah i think it's yeah. on peacock yeah so i finally finished that one and i wasn't a big fan of um uh god i'm blanking and blanking on his name now the martial artist um, oh, that's Don, 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 Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Yeah. Donnie Yen. I wasn't too keen Don't on Don't like his, his blind character. act? Oh, I love and this. I, and you can tell that Keanu Reeves, I mean, it's this is kind of the same thing over and over again. But the one thing that I thought was really awesome about this movie. Mm. Can I guess? Was it yes. The, was it the stairwell? No. No? Oh. I think it's Scott Atkins. In a fat yeah. suit. Oh yes, yeah. yes. He the did club scene. Awesome. Yeah, as a, as a bad guy in that. I mean, he was. It was fantastic. Yes. I, it, it took me like probably like fifteen twenty minutes. I'm like, God, that guy looks familiar. Mm. And I was like, it's Scott Atkins in a fat suit. Because yeah. <laughs> I saw him throw a backspin when he was like big and fat, and I'm like, wow, that bat, that fat guy can move. <laughs> and then I fi- it finally hit me. I was like. 
That's him. Yep. <laughs> oh gosh, I I, I will never. I, like, that's him. I, I will never think of a stairwell the same again. Every time I come to a stairwell, that's probably more than like twenty steps. I'll think of John Wick four all the time now. Oh gosh, what I I I loved it. The so. sword, the sword play, and that was just yeah. very great sword play. I mean, oh, great final duel. The other thing that was kind of uh, distracting for me was, you know, the main bad guy, the I think the Marquis or whatever they called mm, him. Mm. He was way too much or too similar to uh, Red Skull in the Captain America movies. Mm. I mean, it's like he almost like tried to take the voice mm. and everything, you know, to if you, if you put the two side by side, mm. it's like he just tried to mimic that actor mm. that played Red Skull. Oh yeah, Hugo Waving is yeah. he he's his own kind of person. I mean it was it was still like, entertaining, but do you have a favorite just, John Wick film from the prior three or are they all just kinda just one. I yeah, mean the, one. the first one, yeah. obviously. You know. Got it. It kinda makes sense. I, I, I think the gun choreography is cool, mm. but this one I think they just overdid it. And it was funny, I was actually counting mm. um you know, the clips. Oh, yeah. And they were actually pretty on point. Mm. Like, as soon as, like, 12 were up, he was switching them out yeah. somewhere yeah. or another. Unlike a lot of action movies, that one, they take, really take the time to show them, oh, no, we got to reload. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, I, I count it because I'm like, jeez, I mean, they're just, like, shooting and shooting. I, like, yeah. There's no way that a gun has, you know, 80 rounds in it. But yeah. I was like, oh, wait, no, he... He switched it out after, yeah. after 15. <laughs> like, I watched it. I counted. Because we can't do that with real guns, guys. I'm sorry. I wish that would be cool. But, yeah, you got to reload. Cause right. I guess speaking of quick takes, now that we're here, Paul, uh, what else has been for your quick takes since our last time here? Okay, so then I watched that Hypnotic with um, Ben Affleck. Yeah, watch it if you want to. Whatever. It's, <laughs> so-so? It's, it's, yeah, it's a five. What, what, what's the gist with that one again? So... They're, it reminded me of that movie Push. Oh, yeah. Kind of back. Oh, with Chris, yeah. oh, with Chris yeah. Evans. Yeah. But it, but it was just, you know? Um, you know, you had these, and kind of like Firestarter, uh, but you had these people that were able to kind of like Telepath. telepathically, you know, hypnotize people into mm. thinking that they're in a place that they're not actually in, mm. you know. So, like, right now we're in this studio, but in real life we're actually like in a prison cell. Mm. And they're using hypnosis, hmm. and they—it's hard to explain because they're—they're—he's trying to find his daughter, who is supposedly like the strongest hypnosis hmm. out there, hmm. but he's actually like being hypnotized himself because they're trying to find his daughter, uh, and so the whole time that he thinks that he's trying to find his daughter, he's actually being hypnotized, and they have this whole. Like mall like this where it's all staged, so um, you know he thinks he's going to the store, but it's at, not actually a store. It's just like you know they put a frame up to a building, and but then it turns around where he's like, actually, I was tricking all you guys, and you know, I, I, it was really cliche. It's I want, it's entertaining. It's not Ben Affleck's best movie. Not must-see, it sounds like. I wanted to see uh-huh. it just because Robert, Rig- uh, Rod- Robert Rodriguez directed it, and I wanted to see it just because No, I like Affleck. his films, so yeah. I'm like, yeah, he hasn't directed a film in a long time since Predators. I was going to say, Affleck is one, so. usually, at least in more recent years, usually pretty good about choosing his projects, but I guess yeah, they all can't be winners. Yeah, he's I know Live by Night I wasn't really too keen this, on. This yeah, one he's I, more this, of a director than an actor. This one I would classify as one of those ones, if I can't find anything else to watch, mm. yeah. at least it's not going to be bad. Yeah. Any other quick takes, Paul? Uh, you got that. You got The Covenant. You got Grand Turismo. Oh, uh, I watched the new Kevin Hart 
stand up. That was pretty hilarious. The guy's a really good storyteller. Um, so a Netflix joint? I believe so. He's very hilarious. Yeah. I, I mean, there are some parts there that just made me bust out laughing out loud. And then there are other parts where it's like, okay, Kevin, I mean, kind of, kind of, kind of getting a little off the, the rails there, dude. But, but he is, he's funny as hell. Um, oh, and then um, I'm on almost finishing the second season of Transformers. Oh, yeah. There you go. Because <laughs> I bought it for my kid for his birthday. No way. And then I, I opened it early for him because he was sick at home mm. and I was stuck at home because I just had surgery. So mm. I was like, hey, the two of us, we could, you know, we'll just open your present early mm. and we can watch this together since both of us can't do anything. Fair enough. And then he's like, I don't want to watch this. What? Well, what? Well, after I'll, you're going above and beyond, yeah, he's he he like, I want to watch Blippy. What? And I'm like, son of a. Come no. on. Dad. All right, well, you watch Blippy upstairs. I'm watching Transformers. Oh, so I've been binging it. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. And I'm. I'm on the finally to the point because I've been, you know, this is all recollection in my memory of when I was a kid. Mm. Omega Supreme is about to come out, mm. and I'm looking forward to remembering when Omega Supreme is introduced to the Transformers. It was five seasons that original run. Right? I didn't even, I couldn't yes. even remember his name. But mm. if anybody doesn't know who Omega Supreme is, I wasn't like a super hardcore Transformers cartoon. I remember yeah, vague bits and pieces, but not. He's like a train track, yeah, and a rocket. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and he's big. Yeah, because he's he likes uh, he's like Astro Train from the original uh, original movie. If you all have ever seen it, kick ass movie, go see it. Uh, so this is Generation One, and he's like Astro Train. So he transforms into a train, and then tra- like Paul said, train track. It, it's just so awesome. Like you just got to see it to believe it. It's awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him fight Devastator. Oh man, because that that's where I I'm, sounds I'm like you're in uh, '80s throwback heaven there. Yeah, yeah. For I, I I got to the point where I had to start fast forwarding through episodes though, because mm. I'm like, okay, there is a one point five these ones well, I mean, yeah. like there's a lot of junk episodes where it's yeah. just like what is going on not everyone's gonna be fair aces. enough because, <laughs> i mean they're they in generation one was the like the og so i mean if you watch all of them like there's a lot of filters sure but like those were the and, og you know what, what's funny is like i could do a spoof off of this because if you actually watch these g uh, generation one transformers mm. episodes mm. Megatron is constantly trying to find Energon. He's trying to constantly find like ways to uh, collect Energon. And he's, you know, he's going to military bases and all this stuff. And every single time the Autobots go over and fuck with him. Yeah. Like literally. (laughs) Like every time. Every show. (laughs) It's like the Autobots are actually like the the mean ones in here. He's like, this guy's putting in work and all you guys keep doing is going and effing with his operation. They aren't trying to find Electron on their own. All they're doing is they're just finding and Megatron, they're like, he's trying to find Electron again. Let's go fuck with him. <laughs> those those Autobots, man, they be Autobots be bossing people around. Just no, Auto- no respect. Hey, no respect. man, even like out of many times, yeah, because like Paul said, like Optimus and even Megatron, like they both were just like always trying to get back to their home world. And Optimus every, is like the Karate Kid. Yeah, every time you he gets one step further, it's just like, no, not today, motherfucker. He's like, no, absolutely not. Like, come on, dude! Oh. I've almost tried to find it. You fuck with me. <laughs> it was oh, I love those episodes. Uh, man. Just, uh, anything else, it. Paul? I, no, I think I think All I right. should do it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I kinda, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll speed through mine here real quick. We'll, we'll close out with Victor's quick takes here. Uh, I saw the hill in the theaters there a few weeks ago. It's just uh, I'm a sucker for for feel good inspirational sports films, and this is about a kid coming back from a 
a big crippling leg disability there to make it into the Major League Baseball system there. So if you like your feel-good sports films, that one will that one definitely hits those notes there. Uh, so yeah, give that one a, a decent recommendation. I wouldn't say super musty, but if you like if, if you like that specific type of uh, feel-good film, The Hill will do the trick. I guess speaking of genre films, Marlowe, that was uh, the last Netflix DVD disc I, I saw there as my regular rental queue. I think that'll be, uh, oh, I guess Plane will be the last one, but I won't have to send it back. I wanted to see that But one. yeah, that came oh. out early part of this year. where Liam Neeson is in a late 30s, uh, late, late 30s uh, kind of noir detective gangster film yeah, where he's man. just kind of, it's kind of, it, it, again, it's like, it's just filling all the st- stereotypes of those of that era where he it's kind of fun seeing him put the put the puzzle pieces together interviewing all the suspects or just people of interest trying to and watching you know, all this tales of uh, people trying to cover up their tracks and and seeing people kind of get on his case and him getting chased down and other suspects getting kind of before he puts it together them getting whacked and just if you like that type of film i think it's i won't say it won't blow you away by any means but I was like, oh, wait, it's been a while since I've seen a gangster detective noir type film. I, I, I thought it filled that uh, mark just right. I won't say it's a top, it'll be a top 10 film by any year, but again, a solid second tier film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Marlowe. So, yeah, definite uh, solid recommendation for that. Uh, otherwise, uh, I did watch this just debuted on Netflix a few days ago, a uh, docuseries called Wrestlers. I'm um, just one episode in. It's seven episodes long. I'll do a full review next uh, next episode here on big screens and TV streams. But it's pretty much following uh, for WWE fans, uh, OVW, o- uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling. It was their main territorial developmental minor league system for the WWE from 98 to 2008. Now it has NXT as their main developmental system. So OVW, though, it's still, even though it's no longer officially affiliated with WWE, it's still kind of barely hanging on in a business. And so Netflix is chronicling all these wrestlers just making very, very low minimal pay wrestling in front of crowds of like, 100 to 200 people just hoping to catch her big break and just how al snow if you remember him you know the, the wrestler who kind of during the main attitude era walked around with a mannequin head had helped me written on his forehead yeah, you remember I al remember snow yeah he, i remember that yeah he heads up ovw so it's kind of like interviewing him he's a big uh like you no know, the main promoter and owner of the group just kind of trying to keep it afloat and they're trying out banking on this one big summer tour to keep it in business. And so that's just episode one, setting it up, introducing to the main wrestlers of the OVW that it focuses on. So definitely, I mean, the wrestling fan of me loves it. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to stick with it to see where it goes. It's on Netflix called Wrestlers. It's just a one-off season, seven episodes long. I will have a full review next episode. And that's all my quick takes. Uh, Victor, throw it to you. Um, I'm really, like I say, excited uh, for next year because man there's going to be so much happening uh of course there will uh be talks of because the writer strike is just going so crazy and the actors haven't decided whether they want to get off their strike yet um but there's a lot to be released uh there's a lot of superhero movies that have not come out just yet but they're in development hell right now because the writer strike uh They can go suck it. Um, And so uh, they have kind of decided uh, to kind of put them in the back burner. So a lot of movies such as, like, for example, uh, all the Marvel movies will be put in the back burner. Wesley Snipes 
uh, which was some good news uh, for this. He will be returning his blade in Secret I saw Wars. That. Yeah, yeah, that was. I, I was like, I man, do, Wesley Snipes, I good do, on him. Because I because I saw it and I put po- and I posted it on my Facebook. I'm like, this is awesome. So I was like, let's go. And I was super excited because I'm like, please. Please don't make this PG-13 because I want it to be like the first one where they're just in that club and the blood is coming down and they're just getting like going that ahead. rave music. Yeah, like that was what they need to go back to. And so I'm excited for Wesley Snipes to return. I'm very, very excited. And I hope everybody else returns from that franchise because that was so When's that badass. supposed to hit again? So that's supposed to hit in 2024. Five, so we, so we will, yeah, so we will be be back in 2025 for that uh, because they're they're like I said, the writer strike and everything. That's going to be a little bit, you know, hesitant. So we're just kind of walking on eggshells right now. And of course, I didn't get to say this in my uh, my of course uh, my action figure review, but oh, we got a couple I, of bonuses. Yeah, so of course uh, these are for Mr. Paul. Uh, now I know many years ago you have told the story. Of course, on uh, last uh, so. Two podcasts ago, uh, Paul talked about, of course, uh, when he was a little boy, he had Ninja Turtles and, of course, Transformers. And sadly, he, of course, uh, you know, saw a yard sale and, of course, thought, well, hey, this is something, of course, that he could explain it there because he was there. I was not. But I'm just, you know, reading what he said. And, of course, they gave it away, those bastards, of course. Uh, and, and that's not fair. And, of course, I do have more. But I have to go in my trunk and find more because I did want to give these to you and your son. So if you want to give oh, them the first oh, oh, What do you got there? I want to show them for the camera here. So, so of course, these were my – now, this is a re-release. It's his birthday uh, this weekend. Oh, really? Okay. What's the date today? It's a 27. This is birthday tomorrow. Oh, no Happy way. Happy early okay. birthday. Happy early birthday, of course, to Paul's Thomas. son. Yes, Thomas. Happy early birthday. So, of course, this was a re-release of, of course, uh, the Mutant Turtles. Now, these turtles, of course, were my favorite growing up. Now, these aren't the original Playmates version, but they were re-released. So, of course, these look like Ninja Turtles now, but these were the ones where you could just take off the shell, of course, it's like so. You can flip it over, you know, and, of course, turn them back into baby turtles as they were. Um, and now, it's only weird that they didn't come with the ooze like the original ones but hey i digress and of course this one which was this is leonardo and of course this one was from the 1992 turtle games they were doing a lot of re-release for the olympics that year and of course they had to have donatello run the race of course and he is no slow turtle by any means turtles representing usa and barcelona like really like they were doing it and of course these were from the original playmates versions that were so awesome and of course they move and of course vintage line yeah and so of course they have the the button back here uh, now. I don't think it works like it used to, but of course it used to be like where he can suppress the button and then lift his arms up, like yeah, we won, we won, we won the race. So much like the Olympics uh, back then, they of course you know had the big standing ovation and saying yes, we won, America, America. <laughs> so of course these are for your son and no. of course for you, uh, of course because I do appreciate. Oh no, I'm gonna give the. Uh, for his birthday tomorrow. Of course. He's going to yeah. love it. Heck and, yeah. So, you know, because you're both nostalgic, of course, for Ninja Turtles, as always. So, you know, given to him for his birthday. Again, happy bir- early birthday, Thomas. So, of course, you know, uh, this was, and of course, I appreciate, of course, you know, even it though it didn't, it, it didn't works. like, oh, does it work? Okay, if it I, does. If I get my hand out of the way. Oh, it does. Oh, Paul, for the camera. Oh, wait. And I did it again. Wait, does it work? Yeah. Oh, yep, yeah, there we go. I don't know why I can't get my hand out of the way. 
Wait, there, there we go. go. There we go. Oh, gosh. <laughs> One Great for America. Stuff. Turtle power for the win. Literally. Uh, and anything else, Victor, before we wrap up? Um, honestly, uh, there's a, there's one piece of news, of course, and but of course I'll talk about it next week. But then this one I will talk about because we didn't get to talk about last time. Um, so we were talking about the Brittany Murphy thing, and we didn't oh, get yeah. to we didn't get to talk about that. Uh, well, Paul shot me. It was like a week or two ago. Paul mm-hmm. wanted to get your thoughts on Brittany Murphy being a potential certain character yes. or your, uh, uh, in a what if circumstance. Yes, and honestly, uh, I loved Brittany Murphy growing up. Um, uh, I'm a 90s kid, so, you know, seeing Sister Sister and Boy Meets World, and, I mean, she was this cute little redhead girl. Um, now, she made her big, huge debut, of course, in movies with the movie Clueless. With her, Clueless, yeah. Yeah, and, of course, her, uh, her iconic line, you're a virgin that can, you know, can't drive. And, of course, it's funny because she said in interviews, she's like, when I said that line, I was actually a virgin who could Did you drive. ever see it in Spin? Yes. I... Oh my gosh! She was that, an eight mile. Oh no, spun. Not yeah, spun. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw that. Very one of the best, uh, literally drug cinema movies ever. Uh, besides so very many accurate, others. by the way. So yes, I very, very. Paul's accurate. question for you about Brittany Murphy was: What would you think of Brittany Murphy being a potential Harley Quinn? I would have loved that. Absolutely, would have killed to see that because I know she could have done it. She literally played that crazy role in boy meets world when she was younger and i said literally i said to myself i'm like she could have been harley quinn if all the crap about her which was absolutely not true screw those people for saying that this crap about her she was a talented no holds barred like she really killed it from the early 2000s even when she was young she She probably died from Oxycontin. Honestly. I think it was like drug related stuff yeah, from her death. She's right? on oxys. Yeah. On, honestly, I honestly will say because I blame the, her crappy boyfriend slash husband, Simon Muljack. That guy I, killed her. I just he, think that her and Heath Ledger would have made the perfect Joker oh, and yeah. Harley Quinn yeah. of anything that you could. Oh, I yeah. think that she percent. would. I think that she would have been the best Harley Quinn because I mean. Her just like natural personality yeah. comes across like yeah. Harley Quinn. Yeah, she's she's very like very funny, like bubbly. I mean, and very, I, I, like, crazy. I, I love Margot Robbie, but yeah. I think that I think that she like would have been a way yeah. better Harley like Quinn an than Margot or, Robbie, like yeah. an organic unpredictability, but in a good way. Yeah. For, yeah. for for that 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 just kind of delinquent. Humor. And I mean, can, yeah. you, can you imagine her saying Batsy? Oh, yeah. oh gosh, I could yeah. totally yeah. I could totally see it, especially like especially when she changed from. Redhead to br- like blonde, like I was like, yeah, this she could totally do that. She, oh, I mean, man. she had that look, and I was like, well, I think that's a good way to wrap it up. On unless you guys have anything else here before we close, no, nope. just I mean, R- that is a really R.I.P. Yeah. to Brittany Murphy. Of yeah, course, but what a what a great what if scenario. When, when I got that message from you, Paul, to pass along to Victor, I was like, oh gosh, you you nailed it, spot on. Great great casting. What if? Mm-hmm. But uh, like literally, I guess uh, so. A couple of quick GFBS plugs before we hit our outro here. Uh, for other coverage on GFBS shows, hey, tomorrow's going to be a super special episode of River City Speedway Presents Dirty Thursday. It's going to be a very special Bruce Hart tribute show. Going to have a bunch of his uh, close acquaintances from over the years guest hosting with the Go- Bullring Boys with Jeff Liebrick, Tom Corcoran, Todd Johnson, and a few other special guests joining the Bullring Boys to pay their respects to Bruce Hart on uh, tomorrow's Fork Sports Highway. It's going to be a, a 
uh, it's going to be a good show. So much to catch up on in the world of sports. Uh, you know, Monty has his WNBA playoffs, more into the week three NFL season coverage there, and so much more in the world of sports. Those are just a couple of over a dozen shows you can find each and every week by searching GFBS on your favorite podcast or social media app. Mm. Reminder, we'll be back in two weeks yes. on Wednesday, 1 p.m., back in our old school original time sp- time slot there. Find it on gfbestsource.com or just subscribe to GFBS everywhere you find podcasts. And make sure to help support GFBS by leaving us a review on Google or your favorite podcast app. Many thanks again for having us part of your day. Many thanks to Victor. Thank you, guys. I always appreciate it. And remember, we're always going to give you more what you want, pop culture and all. We love you all. Yes. Many thanks to Larger Than Life, Producer Paul. I'm all tangled up here. All tangled up, Producer Paul. (laughs) We love it. Good show. Good show, guys. Yes. Awesome Great catching up. We'll see you in two weeks with, uh, gosh, maybe we'll be diving into the spooky movie review season. I want to definitely see some spooky movies catching up. Yeah. A lot of... We're all caught up, ready for more. We'll be back in two weeks. Until then, we'll see you all. Goodbye. See you later.